Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all of my lovely fans. Welcome to Dame's Takes, episode 13. We already had the intro song. I don't know. I always do that. I always go woo, woo, woo after I say the name of the podcast. Like we didn't already have an intro song. We already had the music. But hey, hey, hey. Stop yelling at me. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to episode 13, you guys. Like I said, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I always say that just in case because I don't know what time you're going to be listening to this. I don't know when when you'll have the time. I don't know when you'll find the time. So I cover all the bases for you. I'm, should I say good, good dusk, good dawn? I have to I'm gonna have to start doing this podcast with other people because I'm the kind of person where I feed off of energy and whether your energy is high or low I can feed off of that either way but I'm the kind of person who can feed off of energy so like if I just haven't even if I had another person in the room like even if I just had another person sitting next to me just to like make faces when I do it that I I, I think I could feed off that pretty well no no lie I think it'd be pretty pretty, pretty funny um, we got a lot, a lot, a lot to cover here today. I will, <laughs> I always say that I'm trying to keep the episodes a little shorter and then last week was almost two hours. So I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm not going to say that I'm going to try and keep them shorter. I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to keep talking for a long time and whenever I'm done is when I'm done. So that's what you're going to get from now on. We're going to cover a lot of sports today. We're going to cover everything almost pretty much. Hockey, basketball, baseball, football, tennis, all of it. We're going to be all over the place. And, of course, we have the, excuse me, we have the elephant in the, elef- yeah, elephant in the room segment this week as well. We'll get to that last, of course. First and foremost, it's not always here, so we'll go ahead and start in tennis. The U.S. Open was this past week. Um... On the women's side, Naomi Osaka, the young phenom, the baby goat, wins the U.S. Open, um, her second U.S. Open title. Uh, she she started out a little slow. She, I think I'm pretty sure she lost the first set, but then won the next two. You know, a little little bit of a comeback, but it was that that girl is really good for um, her age and. She has the she's mature beyond her years. She has the maturity. She has the leadership qualities, the leadership skills. She really seems like she's going to be around for a very long time, and she's going to be um, making her voice heard for a very long time as well. On the men's side, we have Dominic Thiem winning the men's U.S. Open in historic fashion. He became the first man to win the U.S. Open after dropping the first two sets. Um, his opponent, Alexander Zverev, I'm pretty sure it's Zverev, Alexander Zverev had his own comeback in the semifinals. Um, he was, I think he was down, down just one set and he ended up coming back. He had 18 aces, which is pretty, like if you, if you're not, um, up on game, then an ace is when the tennis player is serving and his serve is his the, the the other team does not return his serve for whatever reason whether it's such a good strong fast serve or whatever it is whatever however they hit it this is a serve that's really good and it doesn't get hit back so you get a point off of a serve it's called an ace um he had 18 aces at one point in in his match but he could not i think that um uh Swerviv kind of brought that that energy that he from his comeback and started the match with that, but then once he saw someone else starting a comeback, I don't know if he knew how to 
handle that adversity. It was uh, Swerve's first Grand Slam final. It was the first time being in the finals of a Grand Slam. Um, but yeah, Dominic Thiem, men's U.S. Open champion for this year. And um, on the women's side, both of the ladies, Osaka and her opponent, uh, Azarenka, neither of them confirmed their status for the French Open, which is gonna, which is the next um, Grand Slam in tennis. So even though we have some great tennis being played, we're not sure necessarily how much more we're going to be getting from these specific players because obviously we, there's just so much going on in the world. So you never know. Um, moving forward really fast, you know, I'm not avid on hockey. It's playoff hockey and I haven't, haven't even been watching. All the California teams are already out. And now all the West Coast teams are out as we are now in the finals. Is officially Stanley Cup time in hockey. We have the Tampa Bay Lightning playing against the Dallas Stars after the Lightning... Excuse me. After... Yes, there we go. After the Lightning defeated the New York Islanders and the Dallas Stars defeated um, defending West champions, the Vegas Golden Knights. So, hey, if you're a hockey fan, go ahead and check that out. I'm sure it will be some very good hockey. I'm just I'm personally not a big hockey person, so that don't really fit for me. But I love the playoffs in every sport. I love competitive play in every sport, and that's what the playoffs brings to you. So I might catch a game or two, but I'll let you know who won. <laughs> um, moving forward into college basketball, we had just a, a, just two quick little uh, bullet points this week as we get back into the swing of things college basketball is working 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 trying to figure out how they're going to how they're going to play their upcoming season um the ACC coaches proposed an all division 1 team tournament obviously the leader being coach K coach K and the other coaches were saying hey why why set boundaries why say someone can't be here this is such an unprecedented time trying to play sports in this time is unprecedented in itself so we might as well just change up the tournament a little bit, just put everybody in there, rank it out, and, and let everybody duke it out. Um, a lot of people a lot of people do not like this idea. I don't really like this idea just because there are a lot of Division One teams that aren't going to be very good and are going to get absolutely blown out of the water. At the same time, they could end up upsetting on that day and then getting blown out of the water the next game. But um, I feel like we still want to see a good tournament. We don't just want to see basketball be played. We want to still see good basketball be played, and we want to see um, we want to see players uh, really, really. We want to not not I say because it's college, so I don't ever, I don't want to say that we're necessarily looking for players that we know. Just I don't college sports to me is always like not necessarily the bottom of the barrel, but that's where you find it. Like in that sport, you're gonna find some of the worst. Um, skill, some of the worst focus, some of the worst everything. It's college. Like, they're not professionals just yet, but at the same time, some of them just stink. <laughs> so, uh, I don't really like the idea of having everyone in the tournament, but I think it could use some expanding. I think that given this year, just like every other sport, given this year, you can tweak it and you can make the tournament a little different just because what we're going through right now is very different. Otherwise, the Division One Council is scheduled to meet tomorrow, actually, to talk procedure and a possible schedule for this upcoming season. Uh, I, I 
be on the lookout for that because I'm, I'm, you know, you really hope that they can come together and that they can decide on something pretty quickly. But we've seen in a couple of sports that it might take a little bit of time just because certain people want to make sure that they're being safe. Certain people want to make sure they're getting, that, that the people who are supposed to be getting paid, because obviously it's college, people who are supposed to be getting paid are getting paid and getting paid the right way. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of different factors to it. So we'll see. Keep an eye out for that. And I'll be sure to update you next week on the results of that meeting with the D1 Council. Excuse me. Uh, uh, sorry, I was debating a little bit. I'll just go ahead and stay in college. Just because it's still very, very small, still some just two quick um, bullet points. Um, so, college football, we are now in week two. Things are getting rolling. We got the some of the best teams starting to play. Um, obviously, some teams still have bye weeks. They they start their season a little bit uh, later. My favorite college team, the Florida Gators, have not played a game yet. But we did just have the season opener for the defending champion, uh, Clemson Tigers. We also had the debut of quarterback Spencer Radler for the number three, um, number three ranked Oklahoma Sooners, and that kid looks good. Um, if you were a fan of, oh, man, what was it? I think it was, was it QBU. I don't think so. I think it was Last Chance QB. Last Chance QB. Then you you're, you're familiar with Mr. Radler, and you're rooting for him um besides like, like like i said we're in week two however i just wanted to talk about the top 25 the ap top 25 got dropped this past week and you know there hasn't been there hasn't really been any upsets there hasn't been anything too crazy happening in the college football world just yet so i'll just talk about the ap 25 and we'll keep the ball rolling um number one of course we have clemson Right behind them, we have Alabama, Oklahoma at number three, like I said. Uh, number four is the Georgia Bulldogs, while number five is the Florida Gators. And number six is the LSU Tigers. That is four teams from the SEC in the top six. That's, that's really nice if you're a fan of the SEC or you're a fan of a team in the SEC. Going forward at number seven, we have the uh, Notre Dame followed by Auburn, Texas, and Texas A&M to round out the top 10. After them, we have Oklahoma State, North Carolina at 12, Cincinnati, uh, UCF, Central Florida. At number 15, we have Tennessee, followed by Memphis, the University of Miami, Louisville, the University of uh, Louisiana, which th- this is beautiful, you know. that I think given the times, and I'm... I'm I think they're still trying to figure out if the Pac-12 is going to play and when exactly they're going to play. They're, they're talking about maybe de- uh, December, maybe November. But I feel like because of because you're missing a lot of teams to miss. I'm pretty sure that the Pac-12 would have one, two, three, maybe teams in the top 25. But since they aren't playing yet, I'm pretty sure they're not getting ranked. So we have teams like Louisiana, who's not here very often <laughs> in the top 25. So good on them. The... Bottom five in the top 25, we have at 20, Virginia Tech, followed by BYU, Army, uh, Kentucky to give the SEC another team in the top 25, Appalachian State, and Pittsburgh at 25. All right. Moving forward, 
we might as well stick with some football and the football news and the football world. Last time we spoke, football had not been played. And I'm going to be honest, I apologize to everyone because I did not realize that football was coming. I, I knew it was coming. I just didn't know, like, it was Sunday. When I was recording last week's episode, I had, I, it must have just, like, I guess I wasn't paying attention. I didn't realize that week one of the NFL was coming up right there. So I would have possibly given you guys a, a better preview or give you something to look forward to a little more. But here we are now. So let's go ahead and get into some professional football news. Um, a lot of injuries. A lot of injuries this week. It, it's, it's been, it, was, it was actually like just people were dropping like flies. And you really don't like to see that as an athlete in general. But you don't like to see that if you're a fan of the team. You don't like to like you never want to see someone get hurt. You want everyone to be as healthy as they can be and to just play play the game. And it just turns out to be the better player wins, you know. Um. But the, the the injured reserve doesn't hurt like it used to. Like I said on the last episode, the injured reserve used to be like eight weeks. I think like they made it six last year maybe, but it's it's usually eight weeks. Like you you get paid on the IR, you're usually gone for like half you're gone for half the year. So this year with the rules changing and the IR only being uh three weeks, <clears throat> It doesn't hurt like it hurt in the past, but it still hurts, especially when you have uh, a player like tight end for the Browns and Joku. He had a pretty good game this week, but he also just got placed on the IR for three weeks because he had a knee injury. So, you know, like it's football. It's very physical, but it's hard to overcome certain injuries. Like if you're the um, Denver Broncos, Von Miller's out for the year. Whew, that's that's a big one, and you can't really just replace Von Miller. Like he's an all-time great. He's the only player I've ever seen win a Super Bowl by himself. Um, that's that you don't you don't just replace that. So, um, also out for the year, running back for the Indianapolis Colts, Marlon Mack towards Achilles, so he'll be out for the year. Also, just another huge blow for a team. Um, even a huge blow for him. Like, he was a rookie last year, and he did really good. He had, I think he had an injury or two. But a torn Achilles for a running back is just, whew, that is a big, big blow to him and his career, and like, you really hope he can bounce back from it. Um, uh, Le'Veon Bell is supposed to miss a couple of weeks with a hamstring injury. Uh, starting guard for the Packers, Lane Taylor, out for the rest of the season. Vinny Curry and Craig James for the Philadelphia Eagles have significant injuries. Uh, Vander Esch for the linebacker for the Cowboys is out six to eight weeks with a broken collarbone. Uh, it, I, I can really keep going. Like I really can keep going because there there's a whole laundry list of injuries this past uh, week, and it's, it's really disappointing. The Steelers... James Conner got hurt. Uh, I was just talking about this offensive lineman. Um, I was talking about him and his family because his dad and his uncle both played the NFL, and he's now playing for the same team. I, or no, he was he got drafted by the team that his dad played for, but he just got hurt. Steelers racked up a couple injuries in their game. Broncos racked up a couple injuries in their game, and it's not even just like oh they just hurt they'll be out there next week. Like these dudes are going to be out for a couple of weeks, so that's why I bring it up. And it's it's there's some some. Not necessarily household names, but these are definitely very good players. These are are better players 
are like I know them and football is such a big sport that I don't know everybody I don't know everybody who's good some dudes just got good last year some dudes just getting good this year but I don't know everyone who's supposed to be like the top and who's supposed like I, I can rank any position <laughs> in the NFL really like probably the offensive one's a little better but I can't really rank positions in the NFL that well just because I feel like I don't know all of who's really like like really really good um, but yeah, like I said last week, football, they just throwing the money all over the place. People are getting paid, paid, paid. The Rams just paid, um, Jalen Johnson, the biggest contract, the first hundred million dollar contract for a defensive back for, yeah, for a defensive back five years, $105 million for the lockdown corner. The Saints spent a good amount of money, spent, uh, just as much as they, as the Rams paid Jalen Ramsey. They gave Alvin Kumara that deal I was talking about last week, five-year, $75 million extension. And they also gave it an extension to linebacker Demario Davis for three years, $27 million. After a little bit of a holdout in training camp uh, this past season or this past year, last month, uh, Dalvin Cook signs an extension with the Minnesota Vikings, five-year, $63 million. Cooper Cup, it was announced yesterday, signed a three-year extension. The details in terms of money weren't released just yet. And in a little bit of uh, sadder news, we have Ryan... I, I always do this. I always forget how to say his last name. Ryan Shazier? I'm pretty sure it's Shazier. Oh, it's not even that hard. <laughs> Ryan Shazier, linebacker for the Steelers. Very good, feel-good story. He's a really, really, really good player, honestly. But... He ended up having a really bad, really bad neck injury that had people had doctors concerned that he may never walk again. And he went a step further. And um, he, he definitely he did more than walking. He, he was um, very active and he, he it was actually like a very good feel feel good story. And if you saw the play in which he got hurt then you really feared for him. Like, you really were scared for him because that was a really scary play and it looked very scary for his head and neck area. And to see him, to see the strides that he made after that is just amazing. Like, it, it, even the fact that he just retired when this happened a year, like, that was probably three, four years ago, and he's just not retiring. That is a blessing in its own right. Uh, now let's go ahead and get into week one. Week one... For this past, I'll, I'll kind of cover each game kind of slowly. Um, we'll start with the defending champs, the Kansas City Chiefs playing against the Texans. Uh, I think the Texans actually played a pretty good game. They, they only lost by two touchdowns. I think the Texans actually played a very good game against the defending champions. However, they're, def- they're defending champions. Like, mm, there's not much you can do. And they lost very big weapons on both sides of the ball. So, um, I, lo- I love David Johnson. David Johnson looks really good out there. He looks like he just needed to get healthy. David Johnson looks really good. He's gonna be. I think he's gonna be very, very good for the Texans. I think he's gonna have a solid year as long as he can stay healthy. And Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, same thing. As long as he can stay healthy and as long as he can be protected by his line, then he should be straight. Like they, they should have a good year. They should be able to make the playoffs this year. Because I, I've, I'm still the jury is still out. We're still waiting to see the Michael Jordan of football. I think out of Deshaun Watson, but you're giving him a good running back, which I feel like he hasn't had in a couple of years, really. And, yeah, I, I think they, they have a chance to be somewhat good. They, I think they really did have a chance in this game at one point, but they just kind of messed that up. And, I mean, it's understandable. They're defending champions. 
Moving forward, we have the Seahawks beating the Lions, 38-25. That's no, I said the Lions, the Falcons. The Seahawks beating the Falcons, 38-25. That's really no surprise. Um, the Seahawks are really good. The Seahawks are championship contenders, and the Falcons are just trying to piece their piece piece everything together. They're still trying to they're trying to give it one last hope, one last ditch effort with Matty Ice, Matt Ryan under center, and uh, Julio Jones' amazing self. Uh, moving forward, the Packers are looking like the real deal. Pack the Pack might be back. Um, the Packers take the win over the Vikings, forty three to thirty four. They were talking about it during the game that um, the Packers have a very, a very intricate offensive system to where they have plays that they, they said that one of their plays is like 12 words long. So as opposed to saying blue 42 and that's like that's just the play name. Like you say blue 42 or you say um, X slant Y like you just say some play name and everyone should know like the playbook. Everyone should know like, OK, what play that is. They have a 12 word play. So. I think that last year, even with this new with Matt Lafleur coaching um, the Packers, I felt like they had to just get it a year to really learn the offense and really get acclimated to that. And uh, Aaron Rodgers had been in the same system his whole career, so I felt like he just had to learn something new and especially something that's that intricate that requires that much focus and memory and things of that nature. I think it just took a year for them to get it under their belt, and Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks of all time, so. Now that he has it under his belt, he's looking kind of it's looking kind of dangerous. <laughs> um, the Vikings, they I expect more defense from the Vikings, so that's the problem in that game. The Patriots uh, start the Super Cam era very well with a twenty-one to eleven win over the Dolphins. Same old, same old. The Patriots beating the Dolphins. Um, the Washington Football Team gets their first win as the Washington Football Team over the Eagles, twenty-seven to seventeen. The Eagles just kind of they really just shit the bed like they just gave that game away really they were in control at the beginning and honestly just one or one or two more scores and they're good one or two more scores even a field goal i think and a field goal or a touchdown like they're they're good they, they're still in prime position to win this game but they just they just fucked it off honestly um the last year's regular season darlings the Baltimore Ravens absolutely thumped the Cleveland Browns 38 to 6. No surprises there. The Browns look like the Browns and the Ravens look like the Ravens. It was actually a very very understandable game. Um on Sunday night, we had the Rams beating the Cowboys 20 to 17. Pretty good game. Um during during the game the broadcast made a good point that there was a good amount of injuries on the Rams last year, especially on their offensive line. So that's a struggle for golf. It's a struggle for Gurley. It's a struggle for everybody on the offense. Um, this year, the offensive line is healthy. The team is healthy. And they look like the Rams again. They look like themselves. So that is that's positive going forward. The Cowboys, uh, you, you really hope it's not looking like one of them years for the Cowboys. Well, I mean, unless you hate the Cowboys. But they're looking like the Cowboys of old, and that might not be a good thing. Uh, the Bills and Jets game. Bills win 27-17 over the Jets. The Jets, like I said, uh, already losing Le'Veon Bell. Not a good start to the season. Not looking not looking very promising. They're looking like they're going to be going through what they went through last year a little bit. Um, but the Bills are a really good defense. They, they played their game really well. They just added Stephon Diggs to make their offense even better. Um, 
their rookie, Zach Moss, I believe his name is. I'm pretty sure it's Zach Moss. The running back, Zach Moss, he was looking pretty good. He was catching passes. He was running the balls uh, solidly. So the Bills' offense is looking pretty good. Um, and their defense is always is always stout. So the Bills are looking pretty good. The Bills are definitely a team to be on the, on the lookout for. The Bears beat the Lions on a, on a late-game drive. Mitch Trubisky looking, looking not too bad. Um, he won the job over Nick Foles in the offseason. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Mitch Trubisky. There's been a lot of talk about him not being that good of a quarterback and being a bust and being drafted too high or things of that nature. Um, I think that's a very good sign that he won the job, that he that he wasn't ob- like he's obviously putting them in a better position than Foles is. And that's already a very good sign. And he's young. Like, he, he's a young kid. So, like, you just need him to get more time under his belt and learn how to be a quarterback, really. The Lions played a pretty good game. The Lions definitely played a pretty good game, but it just got away from them. And, you know, Detroit kind of has a history of that, so you really hope that it's not another season. If you're a Detroit fan, you're you're hoping it's not another season of them kind of losing close games and just disappointing losses and things like that. The Raiders beat the Panthers in a very high-scoring game, 30-34. to The Raiders looked very good. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I don't think he got to 100 yards exactly. I think he had like 95 rushing yards. And uh, he had three touchdowns. So the he's picking it right where he left off. Last year's Offensive Rookie of the Year is looking very, very good. Josh Jacobs down there in Vegas. Um, Derek Carr and the right receivers. Their whole offense is actually looking pretty pretty good. The defense obviously giving up 30 points. Not looking the best, but the defense did what they had to, did enough to, to hold on to the win. The Jags will come back victory over the Colts on Sunday, 27-20. to 20. The Jaguars' defense, the Jaguars kind of, to me, the Jaguars kind of look like the Jaguars of last year at a certain point, like the good version of them last year, and even two years ago, where they get they get solid play from, the, from their quarterback, the defense is doing what the defense does, getting stops, getting interceptions, getting fumbles, doing what they have to do, doing the dirty work, uh, forcing turnovers, um, and yeah, it's just like, that's, that's, that's Jaguar football, like... Garner Minshew is going to do a couple of nice things. Going to look really good. They got some wide receivers over. Like they've had. It's really funny. Like the Jaguars have had very good wide receivers over the past four years, and I think they've let go of like a lot of them. But they still got DJ Chark Jr. and that kid is a beast. I love him. He's really really good. Um. So yeah, the offense kind of just puts it together. The the running game. Their running game is going to be interesting this year as they let go of Fournette. So the running game isn't going to be what it's what it has been for the past four years, but. It can still be productive. It's still it can 100% still be productive for them uh, going forward. And Garner Minshew look look like look, look, looks serious. Looks nice. Only one missed throw. Um, Garner Minshew does what he has to. He does what he's supposed to to win the game. Like I said, the Colts suffering uh, that devastating loss of uh, Marlon Mack in this game. Just just not not the not the wave. Um, moving forward, the Chargers get their first win over the Bengals in heartbreaking fashion for the Bengals. The Bengals, number one pick in the draft, Joe Burrow, quarterback out of LSU, drives down the field, looks great doing it, completing passes, making plays for the team, gets them all the way downfield, gets them a chip shot, a literal chip shot, like 30-yarder, 30-yarder to tie the game and go into overtime. And the kicker, Randy Bullock, former Houston Texan, p- 
pulls a muscle in his leg, at, in, in his kicking leg, pulls a muscle in his leg as he's kicking the field goal and misses, shanks it to the right and loses the number one overall pick his first game in very disappointing fashion. You literally hate to see it. I say cut him, especially because he's hurt. He's hurt already. He's already injured. Mm-mm. Get him out of there. Get him out of there. I don't want to see him ever again. I don't want, Get him out of there. He's already ruining the career of this amazing quarterback. Joe Burrow already looks very good. So get him out of there. In his Bucks debut, Tom Brady takes an L to Drew Brees and the Saints, 34-23. to The Saints were in control of that game the entire time. Um, what I will say is you've got a, 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 an entirely new team in the in the Bucks, pretty much, especially offensively. You have a, very, a lot of big changes for them as opposed to the Saints who are kind of just retooling and getting ready to try and, and, and try and make that push for a Super Bowl. So this game went as it should have went. Bruce Arians said he was surprised that Tom struggled as much as he did, which I wasn't really surprised that he struggled, especially against the Saints. The Saints don't have a terrible defense. And... The Saints, the Saints defense has notably done well on Mike Evans in the past. And Mike Evans is obviously their number one, uh, is the Bucks' number one wide receiver. So if your number one wide receiver historically has bad games against the team, then that kind of leaves you in a, in, a, in a bad spot. So I think the Bucks will be fine. I don't think the Bucks will give up 34 points every single game. And I also don't think that Tom Brady is going to, Look as bad. I don't think he's gonna throw what two or three interceptions. I think he threw two. I yeah. I don't think he's gonna throw two interceptions every game. So it, it'll be seen. He was still fired up. He's still psycho Tom. So I love that. <laughs> um, in in the the last of our Sunday games, uh, well, the last one that I'm talking about at least, the Cardinals get their first win of the season with their new uh star and money-making wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, 24 over 20 on the 49ers. I don't want to say I told you so, but I did tell you so. Don't the don't the Cardinals look good? Cardinals look good, huh? Cardinals definitely looking very good. They're starting off the season well with a with a W. Kyler Murray looks very, very good with on his with his arm and um on the ground. Speaking of on the ground, um isn't it Kenyon? I believe it's Kenyon. Kenyon Drake looks really good. 16 rushes for 60 yards and a touchdown. You know, you got to just kind of, you got to stagger. And they still have Chase Edmonds. He had a, he broke off for a 20-yard run. So that's how you do it, really. Like, you have your quarterback who's, who he had a great, he had the best game as a runner. He had 13 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown. 25 uh, yards was his longest run. But to also have another guy giving you 16 carries for, 60 yards, and then another guy giving you six carries and 26 yards, and he broke off for a 20-yard run, those things add up. Like, those things all together make for a very, very good um, running, make for re- very good running protection for the entire team. Kyler Murray looked very good. You know, he wasn't super accurate, but he definitely was doing his thing. Uh, Jimmy G, it, the, the, the verdict, I feel like the verdict's not even out still on Jimmy G because he is just... I feel like every every game that they that they lose a close every time they lose a close game, I feel like I just hear Jimmy G's not that good of a quarterback. He's just like, oh my gosh, he's just I start hearing so much about him. I'm like, oof, kid, they're talking about you. Uh, the Monday night games we have. Oh, I forgot to say that part. 
<laughs> real quick, real quick. Um, this is the third time. I think this is. I think this this loss against the Saints makes it the fourth time that Tom Brady has lost in the first game of the season. The other team, other three times that he lost at just like the start of the season, the, lost the first game of the season. Um, the other three times, Tom Brady goes to the Super Bowl. So. That's interesting. Just saying. Keep that in mind. All my football fans. Every time that Tom Brady loses the first game of the season, he goes to... Not, not even saying he wins. He goes to Super Bowl. So, do that information what you will. Also, I, I rather talked about the Cowboys and Rams game, and I didn't really bring this up, but Aaron Donald. That's the whole tweet. Aaron Donald. That boy is something different. <sighs> I saw it. There was this one play. He's lined up all the way to the right of the, of the defensive line. He cuts diagonal to the middle, pushes the center. This is a 300-pound man. Pushes him completely out of the way, almost onto the ground, and then hits the quarterback. I ain't never seen nobody do nothing like that before. That boy crazy. That boy crazy. <laughs> um, Monday night games, we have the Steelers being the Giants, the 26-16. Uh, to 16. That game is really like a battle of young and old. The Steelers are an older team. They've been here. They've done that. They're... Another team trying to piece it together to take one last ditch effort while their quarterback is still able to throw the ball. And the Giants are just young. The Steelers defense did an absolutely impeccable job on Saquon Barkley holding him under 10 rushing yards, which is absolutely insane. He got some catches, but holding Saquon under 10 rushing yards is is a little bit insane. Only a little bit because I feel like, I mean, I had him in fantasy last year, so I will say that Saquon Barkley isn't guaranteed to have a good game every single week, but... The Steelers just exposed the Giants. If you focus on Saquon, then the Giants are going to struggle to get off. Um, Daniel Jones is, a, is, is, a, is going to be a very good quarterback, in my opinion. I think he's going to be pretty solid. But he's he, he's going to be. He's not there yet, and I don't know if he's going to know how to beat a team if his running back can only give him four or six yards on the ground. Um, in our other Monday night game, the Titans squeak out a close one over the Broncos. The Titans kicker. Uh, Steven Gotkowski, he was missing everything. He missed three different kicks. He missed two field goals and an extra point. Remember I was saying a chip shot, like that 30-yarder that dude had? He was missing. He missed one of them on an extra point. It was only worth one point, not even three. Worth one. You missed it. Like, come on, dog. <laughs> but he hit the game winner for them. And that's, I mean, for the Broncos, even with the with the injuries that they suffered in the game, like that really breaks your heart and that like really is going to be tough for them going forward. But this young team, especially like this team's already very young, especially on the offensive side, on everywhere, honestly, this is already a pretty young team. So with them having injuries in this game, they get even younger. And then to lose a heartbreaker like this, to see this guy miss three kicks and then he hits the last one. Well, I think he got, I think one of them got blocked. So he missed two and one got blocked. And then he hits the last one. If you're a Titans fan, then this is what you expect all year. Uh, grinding it out, just defense, and 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 your offense shows up when it matters, and just grinding it out, like literally just grinding out a win. 16 to 14 is very ugly, but guess what? They got the dub, so, you know, I mean, it's ugly, but what are you going to do about it? <laughs> they got the win, and that's what they do. Uh, this is going to be a very good season. This is going to be a very good season. Things are already looking pretty good um the fact that people don't have a uh, preseason is already kind of showing its ugly head um 
And yeah, we got a lot of we got a lot of good games on the docket for next week. There's a lot of good games, a lot of games that'll be very entertaining. Um, I'm looking at the schedule. I can see a couple blowouts in here. So that's the thing. Like, I like blowouts too because that means this one team is just is running it up. They just scoring, scoring, scoring. So I think next week's gonna also be a very, very good week of football. <laughs> Moving forward, I was gonna do baseball before, but you know it didn't really work out that way. Um, just a couple of a couple of bullet points in baseball, really. Um, as I've been talking about for probably like a month now, really, it's been a while that I've been talking about this, but finally. The New York Mets have been sold. Now, as you know, I had my my hand in the race for A-Rod and J-Lo to, to buy the team. I wanted to see a lot of um, players owning a, a sports team, but I also wanted to see uh, A-Rod, a former baseball player, um, as an owner of a team. And even have, having minority uh, owners is also very good. But... Alas, all that doesn't matter now. The Mets have finally been sold to billionaire Steve Cohen for two, wait for it, the largest purchase of a sports team in history. 2.475 billion dollars. So that 0.475, that's millions, millions. That's literally millions. 2.475 billion dollars like did bro just write a check like how does that work how do you give them that much money jesus (laughs) that is just absolutely crazy but the mets have finally been sold and yeah we're in the cohen era now i mean the the previous ownership didn't do a very good job with the team so you know things are looking they can only look up from here honestly but you, you really hope that he has the franchise's best interest at heart and that he isn't just trying to make money. He is trying to win. You always want an owner that's trying to win games. Now, um, just a, another, just a couple couple more good uh, bullet points. Like I said, as a, a Red Sox fan myself, I've been watching them just stink it up all year. They're 14 games below four, uh, 500. They're probably already... They probably already are out of the playoffs. They probably already have, like, clinched not making the playoffs. Like, by the numbers, they physically cannot make it already. However, good news for the team. When you're in a situation like this, when you're last in your division and your team stinks and no one's doing anything correctly, what you do want is you want to see your young players showing out. You want to see your young players, whether it's pitching or hitting, you want to see them hitting the ball well. You want to see people putting together what's going to be good for them next year. So Bobby Dahlback, I believe in the outfielder, outfielder for the Red Sox, that boy was going crazy. He had a home run in five straight games. That's pretty big, especially for a rookie. Five straight games with a home run is is, is pretty solid, pretty big um, for anybody, especially for a rookie. So for the Red Sox, you definitely love to see that. Like you, you love to see that. You also uh, Alex Verdugo, looking very good. Piece together wins and wins here and there. You know, beat really good team. Like the Red Sox just beat the first place uh, Tampa Bay Rays. So you know, like you want to just piece together like good habits. Like try and learn teams and learn things and develop good habits while you're here. Uh, otherwise, we have our second no hitter of this shortened season. 
Uh, Alec Mills, starting pitcher for the Chicago Cubs, threw a no-hitter versus the Brewers. He had five strikeouts and three walks. A career high, I'm pretty sure, in pitching. I think in pitches thrown, I think it was like 114. Uh, yeah, no-hitters are amazing. No-hitters are a lot of fun. You know, it's it's like... Actually, I'm going to say it's not, it's not quite like anything else in sports because in a no-hitter... You're sitting here watching. You're like, man, if someone drops the ball the wrong, like if someone drops the ball, if someone overthrows it, if someone does like, if someone does the wrong, if if they don't play it the right way, then this man just spent all day. He spent eight innings, eight and a half innings, sitting here putting together this great performance just to not necessarily have it ruined because usually after a no hitter, like usually in the midst of a no hitter, you're probably already winning. For them, I believe the score ended up being eleven to zero, so they were good. The win was already intact. They're not worried about the win, but a no hitter, a no hitter is even more. It brings more anxiety. Like you're more anxious for a no hitter than you are for a lot of things. You might be more anxious for a no hitter than some playoff games in certain certain regards, certain cases, because every pitch, every swing of the bat matters so much. It takes one swing to ruin a no hitter. So you're on the edge of your seat the entire time that team is playing. When they're playing offense, and they had they had eleven runs, so they scored. A run for every inning so that's the kind of game that you want to see because you you get the offense still but you actually get a ton of defense like you get to see a lot of very good defense a lot of very good pitching uh being played so it really like a no hitter is actually one of the better games to see in baseball i guess not necessarily if you're not a fan because you won't you won't necessarily understand what a no hitter is necessarily or the importance of it but it doesn't happen like even as a team, as a team, it is very rare that you throw a no-hitter. <laughs> it happens, but like, you shut teams out, you make sure they don't score any points. But to get no hits, like walks don't care. If a per- the diff- I'll explain really fast. The difference between a perfect game in baseball and a no-hitter, a perfect game is no one touches base. No errors, no walks, no nothing. No hit batters, not- like no one touches base. No one ever gets on base the entire game. That's a perfect game. A no-hitter... If someone causes an error, it can still be a no-hitter. If someone gets walked, he had three walks, it's still a no-hitter. If someone gets hit by a pitch, it's still a no-hitter. They have to actually physically get a hit. But even as a team, it is very, very hard to get a no-hitter together. So, like I said, it's only the second one of the season. Like, it, a no-hitter is very, very different. And it's really, I'm thinking about it right now, it's not really comparable to anything else in sports. Just because of, like, the, the anxiety and how on edge it has you feeling in a game that's not close. Like I said, they won 11-0. Towards the end of it, like they, I think they scored two more runs towards the end of the game. So it's 9-0 for most of the game. <laughs> and here you are on the edge of your seat like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And it's, it's not about them losing. It's about him losing that no-hitter. But we are getting into that good part of the year where division battles are, are being played out. Um, you have teams, You have teams duking it out. Uh, the third place team has a chance to still get over the first place team because everyone's playing against each other. And the playoffs are right around the corner. We got two more weeks and it's playoff time in baseball. If the playoffs were to start today, here's how they would look. In the AL, we would have the White Sox as the number one team in the AL playing against the number eight seed, the Cleveland Indians. We would also have the Tampa Bay Rays playing against the Yankees. The Oakland Athletics playing against the Houston Astros and the 
Minnesota Twins playing against the Toronto Blue Jays. Ironically, between those four matchups, the only matchup that's not a division matchup is the Twins versus the Blue Jays. The White Sox and Indians are in the same division. Rays and Yankees, same division. A's and Astros, same division. So that's actually really interesting in its own right. In the National League, we have the Dodgers playing against the Giants. The Giants are in the playoffs. Like I said, like, that's crazy. Like The Giants were not supposed to be that good this year. You expected somebody like Arizona to make take that spot. Or even um, like the Brewers take that take that spot, but wow, Giants are currently currently in the playoffs. Um, we also have the Cubs playing against the Phillies. The Cubs being the two seed, we have the Braves playing against the Cardinals and the Padres going against the Marlins. The Marlins are a five seed. Like that's wild. Like you really like you think you know something, and then the season just plays out. Like it's any given Sunday for real, for real. Um, and yeah, like I said, it, it's heating up. It is really heating up. In baseball right now because you have these very important matchups you have the like at the top of the the uh, American League East you have the Tampa Bay Rays who are tops of the division they're three and a half games up on the Blue Jays four games up on the Yankees but they're all all these teams are gonna be playing against each other in these next two weeks so if let's say the Tampa Bay Tampa Tampa Bay Rays have six games against the Yankees in Toronto and they only win two if the Yankees win all six of their games or the Blue Jays win all of their six games then they're going to vault right over Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay is losing but they're also losing to one of these teams so as opposed to getting a half game because you just lost you're going to get a full game so like if the Rays and Blue Jays played today, and the Blue Jays won. Instead of being three and a half games back, they would be two and a half games back. So if you play two more games and you win them both, now you're a half a game back. So it, it, it takes one series, one series to flip the whole thing. Um, in the Central Division, the White Sox are starting to take the lead. They're up two games on the Twins, five games on the Indians. It was close last time we, we talked, so they distanced that out. Um, Oakland has a strong, strong grip on their lead. On their division, uh, the Phillies are starting to trend down. They're on a three-game losing streak, and uh, the Marlins are trending up. They're on a three-game winning streak, two and a half games back on the Braves. Uh, the Cubs looking like they got the division on locks. Maybe they have a four-game lead going into to the final two weeks. And the most important division race to watch: the Padres are coming for the Dodgers. The Padres have won eight straight games, and the Dodgers have only won five of the last ten games. The Padres are a game and a half back on the Dodgers. And they're about to play against each other. The winner of that series is putting themselves in prime position to win that division. So keep your eyes open. Let's talk about basketball. We playing basketball. I love that song. I think I might do that every time we get to the basketball point of the podcast. Because I I truly love that song. Like, we playing basketball. We love that basketball. Yeah, like that's one of the best songs ever. Like, it's it's way too like straightforward, and it's still amazing. <laughs> but let's get into the, some NBA news. Nick Nurse got an extension today. That was reported as I was, um, literally as I was talking. They started. They reported that Nick Nurse got an extension today. So I don't know the exact details, but I do know that um, he got an extension as well deserved for the man. Um, the Warriors have signed two of their ex-players to be a part of the team. They hired Leandro Barbosa, former guard for the Warriors and for the Phoenix Suns. 
Um, he just retired from pre playing professional basketball. He was playing professionally in Brazil before uh, the coronavirus ended their season. He's officially retired and is going to come to the Lakers, or not to the Lakers, come to the Warriors as a player, player coach, as a player mentor coach, and uh, also former championship winning guard for the Warriors, former uh, um, L.A. Clipper, Sean Livingston is has been assigned, well not necessarily assigned, he's been hired to the front office, um, I think it said as uh, the, the player... I forgot, I forgot exactly what his uh, role is, but very congratulations to both of them. It is definitely, like, that's beautiful. You love to see it for um, both of them. I love seeing former players get jobs. Um, let's see, what else? What other news do we have this week? Lonzo Ball, once again, changes agents. He's now signed to Clutch Sports, Rich Paul and Clutch Sports. Hey, as a Laker fan, that's what you like to hear. You, you, I, I, we all know that Lonzo Ball is from California. He went to UCLA, Chico Hills, all that. Like he played for the Lakers for a little bit. The California ties, the LA ties are there. I think everyone sees the potential, the immense potential for Lonzo Ball to make his way back to Los Angeles again. So I, this is just adding fuel to that fire. And like as as a Laker fan, most Laker fans I've spoken to, like everyone believes that Lonzo Ball has a chance to come back and will come back to the Lakers. To the Lakers, excuse me. At some point in his career. At a certain point, like you're just coming home. It happens for a lot of players. For a lot of players, it is literally just coming home. Like I Kawhi and PG did that this year this year. They're like, I don't really like I I don't have to play for the Lakers. I just want to play at home. There's two LA teams. I just want to play at home really. So that was interesting. Let's see, let's see, let's see. We have the all-defensive uh, NBA teams have officially been dropped. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo and Anthony Davis are on the first team, as well as uh, Ben Simmons, Rudy Gobert, and Marcus Smart. I think that that's a very, 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 very good top five. Incredibly good top five. I, I love the top five. I think it's perfect. I have absolutely no problems. You have the obvious, the three DPOY candidates. Ben, I think Ben Simmons led the league in steals, and Marcus Smart is just... Marcus Smart is kind of like Drew Holiday in the sense, like, they're just so good. Like, you just know. Like, I don't, I don't need to average a bunch of steals or a bunch of blocks to let you know how good I am on defense. Now, here comes the issue. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get to the second team. The um, second team... All, def all defense is Patrick Beverly, Eric Bledsoe, Bam Adebayo, Kawhi Leonard, and Brooke Lopez. Um, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like the second team at all. The only person I like on the second. Only two people I like being on the second team is Kawhi and Bam. I don't have a. I actually don't have a problem with Brooke Lopez or Eric Bledsoe being on there, but the fact that the reigning DPOY just got cooked in the playoffs and has two players on his on the defensive team. Like, Giannis didn't make them get on the defensive team. Maybe Brooke. Probably not. Not really. <laughs> but there, like this, this just speaks to my point. There's no players on the Lakers on the defensive team, except for Anthony Davis. Giannis has two of his teammates on the defensive team, but he gets DPOI. How does AD average better numbers, have worse defensive teammates, win games with his defense, literally make game-winning plays on the defensive side of the ball, 
and not win. Like everything pointed to everything except for the Bucks team having the best defense. That's the only reason why Giannis got this award because the Bucks team has a has the best defense and he's just a giant. So let's just give it to Giannis. I'm not trying to say Giannis don't play defense. I'm really not. I'm not trying to say he doesn't play defense, but we're talking about the award. We're talking about the best defender of the, of the year. It wasn't Giannis Antetokounmpo. He got, just got 4-1. <laughs> He's not even guarding Jimmy Butler as he drops bucket after bucket to close out games. I'm sorry, Mr. DPOI. Like, Anthony Davis would be guarding Jimmy Butler. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> miss me. Because I've, I've watched Anthony Davis literally guard guards to end the game and successfully do it while Giannis is watching on defense to end games. Hey, whatever. The, to me, the way the awards are going this year, the way that everything's coming out, I, it seems as though LeBron James is for sure getting MVP this year. Because Giannis seems to have gotten it off of narratives, really. <laughs> like, every every actual, everything actually tangible to this situation points to AD. Like, <laughs> I'm literally carrying this defense. Without me, this defense isn't as good. Without Giannis, the Bucks still play very good defense. They're probably still a top 10, top 5 even maybe. Top 10 defense in the league without Giannis. But what, whatever. I'm, 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 uh, hey. Um, Patrick Bailey made it. I don't like Patrick Bailey making it um, over Drew Holiday at all. Uh, yeah. Like, Pat, Pat's a defender. He plays defense sometimes, kind of, I guess. <laughs> I'll just play. Um, Patrick Beverly plays defense for sure. I just like I just feel like Drew Holiday does it more. And even like I said, speaking to to Patrick Beverly having like great teammates, like when you can switch, when you can switch like half of your assignments and it's end up, like you can switch assignments and it's gonna end up being Kawhi Leonard or Paul George guarding him, two better defenders. I mean, yeah, your defense looks pretty solid. You get that one play on LeBron, and now you're on, on second team. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just giving my Clipper fans a hard time, and I'm about to. I'm that, that's what the today is. I'm giving my Clipper fans a hard time, even even later on today. Moving forward, we have some coaching changes. Um, the OKC Thunder and Coach Billy Donovan have split after some some good years, well, some some decent years together. They've decided they're not going to bring him back. And Mike D'Antoni has informed the Houston Rockets that he does not plan to come back. He's going to become a free agent. Um, and he's, he has not planned to come back to the team next season. Which, I mean, thank, thank I'm glad that he did that because I'm pretty sure he's about to get fired anyway. And it was about time for him to get fired anyway. Uh, seven years with Houston. I believe seven years. Seven years with Houston. Nothing really to show for it. One game within the, within the finals one time. So, you know, they got close, but they couldn't do it. This is the story with Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni teams can't can't get over the hump. <laughs> Defense and trying to shoot too many three-pointers. Um, that sounds like Mike D'Antoni. So now we have the the some coaching some coaching vacancies. We have the Sixers, we have the Thunder, the Pelicans, the Pacers, the Bulls, the Rockets. And hey, depending on how this game seven goes today, um, we might have another one in in. In Los Angeles for the Clippers. <laughs> um, yeah, we got some coaching vac- vacancies. So the coaching carousel is already getting started. We're going to see um, how it goes. I was talking to somebody. I was literally talking to someone today. Um, they were complaining, saying that why is uh, Tyron Lue, uh, championship winning coach, always um, competing with broadcasters? 
And I, I mean, I felt like it was kind of a dumb question. Like, no offense to my G, like, no, I, I, if he's even listening. No offense to you, bro, but, like, I don't like the question just because, not even for Tyron Lue, these aren't just commentators. Like, these are all dudes who were coaching when Tyron Lue was a player. Like, they, they have double, triple, quadruple <laughs> the experience that Tyron Lue has as a coach. So, yeah, they're still in the running. Yeah, he has to compete with them. Yeah, they're also up for the job because, A, they've done it before. <laughs> they were doing it before he was able to do it. And, B, like... It's Tyron Lue. Like, I feel like we all kind of undervalue, like, even the Lakers. Lakers showed it, showed it this past uh, offseason when they tried to, tried to hire him. Tyron Lue's undervalued as a coach because he was coaching the LeBron team. Like, I'm, I'm not sorry. Like, you got a championship out of it. <laughs> but you have LeBron and Kyrie, like, and Kevin Love, don't okay? But, like, you have three-star players, bro. Like, you have LeBron freaking James. If you mess this up for him, like... That's, that's the kind of the role of the coach. Like, don't like David Blatt did that. Don't mess this up for LeBron. Like, LeBron's such a good player. Like, he he got this. Like, he like obviously like we have work work we practice things. We you're the coach. Like, you give us direction and stuff. But just don't ruin this for me, bro. Like, I'm about to I'm about to take us there. Trust me, I'm about to take us there. Just don't ruin this for me. And that's I feel like that's the energy LeBron beyond. But like Tyron like Tyron Lue didn't go out of his way. He didn't do a super great coaching job for them to win the championship. So, like, yeah, like he still kind of has to prove it. He still, he still isn't like he's not giving he's not giving the full like oh you won a championship kind of deal. Um, not like and especially like we look at other coaches, we look at past coaches like that. Doc Rivers is one of those coaches. Doc Rivers has one championship, Uno, one championship, and a lot of I'm not even gonna say a lot of good teams. He has some good teams under his belt, but he has one chip and. I think he only been to the finals once, or he only been to the finals twice, and I was in Boston, in like two years. <laughs> um, so, uh, like Doc, don't like Doc's a little overrated to me. Like I've I've always said Doc Rivers is an overrated coach. Since Lob City, I've said <laughs> Doc Rivers is a super overrated coach off of that one championship. And I think the NBA is trying to make sure they don't do that again. Let's not overrate a guy because he has one championship with these all time greats. <laughs> he had a top. Top five power forward of all time. I'm not getting that, into that argument all today. He had the most average superstar of all time in Paul Pierce, and he had Ray Allen clipping. <laughs> so, like, I mean, not to say that the like, Doc did a very good job of coaching. Doc coached his ass off on, on that Boston team, and that's the difference. Doc actually coached his ass off with that Boston team. Tyron Lue didn't coach his ass off with that Cleveland team. And we all know it. We all know it. So, like, let's let's stop acting like let's stop acting like Mark Jackson and Tyron Lue are just such good coaches, and they were. They're just such good coaches, and we should give them another chance because they're such good coaches. Like Mark Jackson got fired because he couldn't get the Warriors over the hump, and they knew it. They got rid of him and got somebody who could. Tyron Lue, it's Tyron Lue. Like, come on, come on, man. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. Not to mention he spent this entire year learning from Doc Rivers, a coach that is that has a laundry list of chokes, has a laundry list of under underwhelming performances. Ah, okay, okay. Go ahead, Tyron Lue. Go ahead. Moving on, let's go ahead and get into, um, into I'll, I'll talk about Houston and L.A. a little bit. Um, I'm going to be honest, like I said this, I, I said I, it looked good. It looked really good for a long time. And this is what I tell people all the time. Small ball, small ball can work, a low key. Like after, after seeing this season, I think the small ball has a chance. Like it, if someone else does it down the line with different players, I think that small ball might actually have a chance that small ball could work. So I'm not saying small ball doesn't work. 
Small ball don't work with this team. Small ball don't work when you when your second best player just got became a worse shooter. You went from CP to Russ, you just made the shooting to crap in that situation. So you're already off of that. You're you took two best players, you already weakened the shooting on your all shooting team. Not to mention the Rockets don't have no shooter. <laughs> they don't have no shooter shooter. Eric Gordon's more of a gunner. He's more of like Eric Gordon is just a better version of Kyle Kuzma. Like you just get buckets and you shoot the ball. Like you're not really a shooter per se, but you're more of, you're more of a gunner than a shooter. Like you just get buckets. Robert Covington is a three and D player. Peter Tucker's a three and D player. Those are two. Those those two are fine. Um, ben McLemore, you you drug him up out of the mud. You I literally met him. I met him at Chili's and like two weeks later, like he got signed. So you, Ben Ben, you're welcome. <laughs> but. Ben, you brought him out of the dirt, and he's look. He's shown. He showed flashes. He 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 showed flashes. He he contributed at times. Um, Austin Rivers disappeared. Like Austin Rivers, I, I said he dropped forty. Like they're gonna need some of that in, from him in the playoffs for sure. Disappeared. Daniel House got sent home because he's an idiot. If you haven't heard the story, small forward for the Houston Rockets, Daniel House, um, got caught with an unauthorized female guest and they said it was a, a someone who does the testing someone who does the COVID testing had a female guest in his room like after hours or un- unauthorized guest up in his room that's a big no-no so they sent him home they said get out the bubble like, you're, you're going home you're done so this is a rotation that only plays seven players and now you already lost one and low-key that was your third best player <laughs> at least offensively that was like your third best player so Big big blow already, and who else? Who else was on the team? Like, even the players I've named, they don't have any shooters. They don't have a Seth Curry. They don't have a Joe Harris. They don't have shooters. They don't have real shooters over there. They don't even have. I was being told that Gerald Green rounded out to be a, actually a, a solid shooter, but he was hurt this year. So, like, they don't have any actual shooters. Small ball can work, but how are you running a small ball? Let's shoot a bunch of three pointers. Team with a a bunch of players that don't even play offense like that in PJ and Rocco. You got some players that don't even play offense like that. And then you have, yeah, don't shoot three-pointers enough. Like, how are you a three-point shooting team? Y'all not shooting three-pointers. When I watched the Jazz playing in the first round, Quinn Snyder said, hey, we want to put up a bunch of three-pointers. That means shooting contested shots, too. So the Rockets got to shoot more contested shots. Shoot a contested three-pointer. Don't get blocked, but shoot a contested three-pointer. Like, you got to keep shooting. You're a shooting team. You're small. Keep shooting the ball. Um, But, like, it's not going to work. Small ball's not going to work when you don't have any actual shooters. You're trying to play threes or more than two, but you're putting up a bunch of zeros. You're not putting up threes. You don't have any efficient shooters. So I think small ball can work, but it's not going to work with the personnel that they had. Um, obviously, they, they didn't have that great of series. But I don't blame Russ for that, for that reason, for the personnel reasons. I don't blame Harden or Russ that much, like... Obviously, like it's a stain on you. Like it's 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 a second round loss. Like you only won one game. Like I'm not like there's no there's no way to turn this into a good thing for them. My point being, like I don't see it as that bad for them because of the system. Like Russ was put in a system that for sure couldn't work for him. James Harden's been put in a system that doesn't work. Like I can't blame you because your coach is an idiot. Because <laughs> your coach has commitment issues. Like I'm not blaming them for Mike D'Antoni being who I thought he was. Um, on the other hand, Rondo and, um, Rajon Rondo and Markeith 
Morris had absolutely amazing series for the Lakers. I really hope they can keep that same energy and bring that into the uh, next round against the Clippers. They played absolutely outstanding basketball, and I'm still maintaining that the Lakers have the better Morris twin. Um, and I'm going to keep maintaining that. I'm going to keep maintaining that until Marcus Morris gives LeBron 30 points. And even then, I might not take it back. So we'll see. If you were watching and you saw the the scrappiness, the the scuffle, the 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 tension, um, the words being exchanged between Russell Westbrook and um, one of the one of the guests in the bubble, that guest turned out to be Rajon Rondo's brother. Um, and the the funny wrinkle, the funny twist to the story is that uh, Rajon Rondo's brother is Rajon Rondo's brother is apparently the the the, the goat barber. Uh, they have a, a barber shop there in the bubble, and apparently they did a draft to decide like who's gonna like who's gonna be like the number one barber, I guess, or who's gonna be like the main barber. And Rajon Rajon Rondo's brother got picked first, so he must be like extremely good because he went first in the barber draft. A, I've never heard of one of those before, but B, to go first in any draft, you have to be pretty good. But uh, yeah, him Rondo's brother apparently was talking, just like Rajon Rondo, talking a bunch of mess, talking to Russ, and Russ wasn't having it. He's like, hey, bro, you're a guest. Like, you're literally a guest here. Stop talking to me. <laughs> you tell you, you're talking way too much mess for someone who A, doesn't play, and B, for a, honestly, that's enough. You don't play. Stop talking to me. B, you're a guest here. Like, you're literally a guest. Stop talking to me. But that's just Russ. Like, Russ, Russ lets his emotions get to him. Russ is always talking. He's always fired up. Like... And I appreciate that of him. Like I appreciate that he's the same way all the time. However, I think he should humble himself. I think he should learn. He he needs he needs honestly like I think that ironically he needs to get off of, maybe he needs to get off of Houston and get a little humbling treatment. Like someone needs to humble him. Russ needs to be humbled. Like hey bro, maybe he needs to be traded again. He needs to be humbled. Like hey bro, you're not every, you're not everything that you used to be. You're, you used to be MVP in this league. You're not exactly that same person. And on top of that, you're kind of just barking at everybody for like what it like shut up shut up a little bit like i'm not saying to not be you just shut up a little bit (laughs) so then your talent can really shine through because everyone's just sitting there watching you bark and bark and bark and no one like no one cares anymore um moving forward on to um a little preview into what we got going tonight um boston versus miami i think that's gonna be a very good series Personally, I can't really, I can't really bring myself to make a pick. I think that I'm going Miami, because I love Jimmy so, so much, and I, I, yeah, I really, I really love Jimmy so much. So I think I would, I would go Miami, but my heart is saying Boston because I feel like out of the two stars, uh, Jason Tatum's obviously going to be the bigger star than Jimmy Butler. Um, that he has the potential to be the biggest star. He's, he's had more potential than Jimmy at that age, more potential than Jimmy in general. No offense to Jimmy. Um, but Jason Tatum has a lot of potential. He's going to be a superstar. He, he's, he has MVP potential in this league. So between that and Brad Stevens supposed to be the guy that we think he is, and he's supposed to be this really good coach, it seems it right now seems like the per- like I was just talking mess about him too. I was just talking mess about Nick Nurse versus Brad Stevens. So this seems like the perfect time for the Celtics to double down and show that they are who we think they who we think they are. For Brad Stevens to show us to coach circles around Eric Spolstra, a championship winning coach. That would be great for him and great and speak to the reputation that he has and JT to lead a team uh, to the finals that just that just goes to in, in line with the superstardom. The real key for Boston to me in this series is going to be Kimball Walker. Just like he was a key in, in the last series, the key to their playoff run, honestly. 
um, JT and JB are going to get, like, all three of these players are probably going to, like, JT and JB are going get to their, get their shots up. The only way that JT and Jalen Brown don't get their shots up is if someone else is going absolutely stupid. So they're going to get their shots every single game. They might not hit all of them. They might not shoot efficiently, but they're going to get their shots. Kimball Walker has to find his way to get his shots. He can't have a nine field goal attempt game unless it's a blowout. He can't, like, he has to provide, especially because he's not the greatest defender. You have to provide a lot on offense to make up for what you don't provide on defense. Um, so, yeah, Kimball Walker is a big, big key to me for, for the Celtics. And if Miami's smart, they'll do whatever they can to try and limit him or just eliminate him altogether. But I think it'll be a very good series. I think they can go either way. I'm almost certain that it'll go seven games. Um, and, yeah, Jimmy Butler is that dude. Jimmy Butler's been looking really good all playoffs. And Eric Spolcher, like I said, the championship-winning coach. So it's low-key a battle of, of Miami trying to prove what they've already kind of been proving right now and in history for Spolcher's case, in a sense. And Boston trying to prove trying to prove something. They're trying to prove, like, Brad Stevens is, one of the, is going to be one of the best coaches of all time. Trying to prove that Jason Tatum is going to be one of the better players of all time. He's going to be the, one of the better players of this era, of this generation, for sure. So that's really what's at stake for them. That's what's, what, what they're really looking at to, to continue here. And in the last semi-conference final game, we have the Clippers and the Denver Nuggets. This is, I feel like, we, I feel like it's already a good game. Like, I feel like if the Clippers, Clippers or the Nuggets can win by 20, and this is already a good game. The fact that we got to seven, um, it, it is definitely hats off to Denver for another great series, another inspired effort coming back from two, three, one leads to even force a game seven. I'm pretty sure that's the record, I think. Um, but definitely hats off to them on an inspired effort, on a great effort. Um, for the Clippers, you know, this is scary, scary territory. But honestly, for me personally, I think that a, I feel like this anytime when it comes to sports, when the internet is too on one person's side, I don't like it. Like I don't, I don't trust them. I don't think that, I don't think that. Like, it's hard to say. I just, I really just feel like whenever the internet kind of suddenly they have a consensus, they're all like. Like, right now, everyone's like, oh, Denver has them on the ropes. Denver has all the momentum. Denver, Denver, Denver. I'm like, they keep on saying Denver, and it's making me feel very Clippers. And honestly, all the all the guys who I follow, all the, like, the Laker, Laker stands, Laker fans, um, even the sports writers, like, the sports writers that um, cover the Lakers, a lot of them are saying, like, yeah, no, dude, like, this has been fun. It's been fun making fun of them, but like Clippers, like it, it feels, it, it just feels like the Clippers are going to win this game and probably win it comfortably. Um, it's really nice that Denver got here, but like, you really like, the fact that they were in this position already is, is, is telling and it's, it's not a good kind of tell for them. The fact they were already in that position, but um, more so like after two games, I think the Clippers might. I think the message might have gotten through to the Clippers. I think they might. They might hanker down. They might really lock down. And again, like we've been talking about all year, like it's the Clippers. They have, on paper, they easily have like the best defensive team. So, you know, like <laughs> you expect the defense to show up. You expect them to really crack down and be like, "Nah, y'all are done." And they, they have three. They had the three wins first. They know how to beat Denver. Like, they know what to do. They know they got to put Jamal in the torture chamber. They got to absolutely 
destroy Jamal Murray's confidence if they have any chance of winning. And they haven't done that, so they didn't do that in these past two games. They did not destroy his confidence. They let these, he stayed himself. Um, so that's a big key for the Clippers um, to, to absolutely destroy Jamal Murray. Another big key is to finish the game. They got a big lead in game six. Like, they got a big old lead in game six and gave it up and lost by double digits still. So you got to just finish it out. Like, finish the job. Like, y'all looking like Clipper fans, not Laker fans. Because, <laughs> man, I'm looking at, at, at PG. Like, where's the mama mentality, dog? Where, what's going on over here? <laughs> because you got to finish the job. Like, job's not done. And um, Marcus Morris said it. He said they, he feel that, they're, that the team is leaning on their talent rather than just doing it. And I've said this. I've had the conversation with Clipper fans, and they agree. We all agree. We all see it. Why are the Clippers playing like they've been here before? <laughs> Marcus Morris is just playing on the Knicks. <laughs> He's never been to a finals. Paul George never been to a finals. He just got bounced out by Damian Lillard. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard is the only person who has who has a championship. <laughs> and he won last year with a completely different team. Patrick Beverly ain't never been nowhere close to a champion to a, to the finals. Patrick Patterson ain't never been nowhere close to the finals. I think he maybe. I think no, because he wasn't on Toronto last year. So I don't think he's ever been anywhere close to the finals. Like, the team, the whole team is full of players who have never been here before. <laughs> on top of being on a franchise that's literally never been to a conference finals before. On top of having a coach who has a history of blowing 3-1 leads. Um, why are y'all acting? Like, why are y'all just have this such arrogance? Like... The difference between confidence and arrogance. Why y'all have this arrogance about you that everything's just a given, that it's just, like, going to happen? Like, you have to do it. You have to finish it out. You have to complete the job. <laughs> so it's it's just really funny, and it's confusing, really. Like, I don't, I don't get where it comes from. I get that the team is really good on paper. They're spectacular. It's a really very, very good team. On 2K, can't nobody beat me with the Clippers. If I got the Clippers, you ain't beating me. So on paper, like, they look absolutely stout. They look amazing. But... The job's not done. You have to finish. You have to get four wins, not three. Not three and a half. <laughs> not three and up by 19 in the third quarter. No, you have to finish the game. You have to... You got to end it. You got to finish the series. And they have Kawhi Leonard. Like, at the end of the day, the Clippers have better stars. They have more star power. And that is... Always, to me, that's always been Denver's big weakness is superstars coming into town. So, I still see... I still, I'm still taking the Clippers. I still see, see the Clippers winning. However... Getting to this point is kind of scary and kind of sketchy. I don't know if they can lock in for this game and stay locked in necessarily. Like, I, they can, but, like, you would want them to already be locked in. You wouldn't want them to be like, okay, we went to game seven, we locked in, and we maintained it from there. You want them to already be locked in. So that's kind of sketchy going forward. And it put, I mean, for the Lakers, you're in prime position. Game one of the conference, of the West Conference Finals, is until Friday. So that's lots of rest for the Lakers, damn near a week. And you know you're you're running into a team that that's 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 kind of struggling. Um, uh, like I said, Doc has a history of three one leads of losing three ones leads. He was up three one in 3 to Boston. He was up three one. Uh, he in no he was up three one to Detroit in two thousand three. And uh, he lost. He was up three one in twenty fourteen, and he lost like. 3-1 leads, man. It's become a thing. It's really become a thing. 3-0 is impossible, it looks like. But 3-1 is, is, the, is the jam. Um, this, this is a very big make-or-break make make game. It's a make-or-break game for Doc. 
It's a make or break game for PG and Kawhi. After this year, they have one year left on their contract. Like they they signed the two and ones because they're gonna turn thirty after or during their the the year of the second year of their contract. So once they turn thirty, at by by the bylaws of the NBA, once they, once a player turns thirty, they are pretty much like elevated. Like their their salary, like they're they're in a new tax bracket in a sense. Like you can make more money once you turn thirty. Um, so that's the reason why they signed those deals. People are going to make a big deal about it all the time. Be ready. They're going to make a big deal about Kawhi and PG and being on one-year deals if they lose this game. They're going to make a huge deal about it. They'll probably make a big deal about it next year no matter what. But they have to win this game. Lou Williams, I've said, is, is the kind, is, isn't the kind of player that you can have on a championship team. I'm looking very right because he's not very – you can't play him in the fourth quarter, like in the, especially at the end of games. In the games, you can't play him because teams just pick on him defensively. MPJ saw him standing right in front of him and just let that three-pointer go. <laughs> so, like, he's a defensive liability, and offensively, y'all are all kind of stumbling. So, you know, Lou lose isn't really the answer. And then Patrick Beverly only plays 20 minutes a game because he fouls out, so – now you're either looking at playing Reggie Jackson or actually making Paul George play point guard and just running this giant lineup. Um, yeah, I, the, the Flippers have to win this game. They really do. There's been a lot of talks. There's been a lot a lot made about them being championship contenders. So they have to win this game, and I think they will. Uh, what was that? Oh, and for Denver, Denver just needs – Denver has to play a perfect game. They need Jamal cooking. They need Monte Morris doing what he does um, – being a backup, uh, an amazing backup point guard, and and really holding the team down. If uh, Jamal has to come out, they need good shooting from uh, Gary Harris, from Jeremiah Grant, from Paul Millsap. Uh, Paul Millsap has to just not be terrible. Like be good on both sides of the ball. Do what you're here for. Hit some shots. Uh, be the veteran. Be the OG. But also like hold us down on defense. Let let us know what you see. Like you got to be the OG. You really do. They need that. And Jamal and Yoki got a Jamal and Yoki got a ball. They got a they got a ball out crazy. And I've seen Jamal do it a few times in this playoffs. And I've seen Joker been playing amazing this entire playoffs. So they have it in them. They can do it. It's just a matter of following through. So this is gonna be a very, very good seven. And once again, hats off to both teams. This has been a great series. It's been an absolute pleasure to watch. And no matter how it ends, I, I've had a ball. I've had an absolute great time watching both of these teams play some great basketball. Ah, but that is it for the sports today. Um, just real quick, I, th- I, feel like, I feel like I didn't really, I feel like I might, I might need to, to write out my, my music part a little better. But I figured I'd, I'd give y'all a little bit of, little bit of music um, talks this time again. Um, I feel like I, I feel like we're we're getting we're at the beginning, so it's I feel like I probably should just talk about like what I'm into. I, I really like everything, but I'm a simp, so. I really, <laughs> I really love R&B. Like, I love R&B through and through. I can listen to it all day, every day. Um, but, of course, rap music is definitely like a 1A, 1B kind of situation. Um, I love, I love, I love Tyler Creator is one of my favorite artists. Wale is one of my favorite rappers of all time. Lil Wayne is the great rapper of all time. I'm not hearing any arguments, really. Um... I love Usher. I love like I man. When we when you talk about music and like the the music that I listen to and the music that I like, love 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 like I love Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson makes some of the best music of all time, and that's not even arguable. Like Michael Jackson, just be honestly, he he puts together some 
um, really, 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 really good songs. Like, it's no such thing as a bad Michael Jackson song. Um, yeah, man. Like, I think I'll probably probably save it for next week just because there's so much going on in sports. There's so much playoffs, and we had tennis with some good some good stuff for us. I talk about hockey. I talk about so much this week. So I feel like I might I might save. Um, I might have a, a really like a really good segment next week for music for you guys because I said that we're gonna start bringing up some more music. So I'll, I'll put that together for you guys next week and and have um, and have a solid a solid little music section for y'all. We can get into some talks. Anybody who listens to this, please let me know what you would like to hear in terms of a music um, a music section or just in general. Like like I said, always I'm always here for feedback. I'm always trying to listen to feedback and hear what you guys have to say say to me. Uh, hear hear what you guys hear. Tell me what you guys hear. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Please tell me what you don't like. I'll tell you to get over it sometimes. Like I might tell you to get over it, but just tell me what you don't like because I want to make this as good and as fun as enjoyable for you guys as, as it can, as it can be. Um, oh yeah, I forgot that I forgot to talk about merch merchandise. Um, <laughs> the guy who's putting it together for me, he was celebrating his wife's birthday this past weekend, so that was a a little delay um, on. The creation of, of everything, but we should have, like, literally in these next few days, I can feel it in my bones. The merch is coming. The merch is coming, guys. Um, finally, let's go ahead and get to our elephant in the room. I wish I could make an elephant noise. If I knew how to make an elephant noise, I'd just do that right there. <laughs> but um, the elephant in the room this week, uh, I had, I had to... I, this is kind of partly to me as well as it is for you guys. I'm kind of talking like I had this conversation with myself and then well, with some friends and myself. And then I felt like I should also put that out there for you guys. because Obviously, we're all going through the same thing in this regard. Um, this past week, I was feeling kind of down on myself, just feeling like I'm not doing enough. I feel like I haven't made enough headway towards what I want to be doing. Um and just kind of being frustrated overall with myself and with my position in life. But I, after talking with a couple of friends and just like kind of talking to myself about it, um, I, I, they, we all came to the, like to the conclusion, like it's quarantine. Like we are still in quarantine, especially in California. Like we're still in quarantine. It's still a pandemic going on. There's still people losing their jobs. There are people, there are jobs that are being, taken off the market there are people who are being laid off and jobs that are being dissolved like you could want this job but they're not doing it this year it doesn't exist anymore for like whatever it may be because of coronavirus and everything um so like the point being like don't be so hard on yourself don't be so hard on yourself right now don't be so hard on yourself for this year don't be so hard on yourself for the past couple of months and what's been going on, whether it's been positive or not, whether it's been what you wanted or not. Like, it's a little difficult to make the headway that you want to make because of what everything that's going on. Like, we're in a, we're in the midst of a pandemic where it's literally happening right now to us. So, it's a little more tough to do everything that you want to do and be able to put your best foot forward. And even if you give it 125%, you might not be able to do everything that you want to do because everything that's going on. Um, just a personal thing, just cause I feel like I gotta, I gotta always tell myself like not to get too high and not to get too low. Um, I say, don't be so hard on yourself, but also don't make an excuse forever. 
at a certain point, we are going to be living with coronavirus. Like, we already are, but at a certain point, it is going to be like, we're just living with it. It's going to be like kind of like the, like the flu. It's going to not be like, su- it's not going to be such a big, a big problem or such a big thing in our lives at a certain point. So don't make any excuse forever. Don't just sit on your butt and be like, don't sit on your butt for weeks and weeks and weeks and then be mad that you don't have anything to show for it. Like, don't make the pandemic your excuse forever. If there are things that you can do, I'm sure of it. There are little things, even like within yourself. Like I personally, I personally feel like I need to change my attitude. So I've been trying to change my attitude and and move a little different. So then hopefully that can have a residual effect that can, that yeah, it can have a residual effect. It can, uh, kind of go go towards the rest of my life. So changing my attitude and things like that, feng shuiing my, my room, feng shuiing the house, like moving things around, just changing things up a little bit. Um, yeah, so like don't make any excuse forever. Don't just sit in it. Like don't just sit in the pandemic and just bleh. Like work out at home, read a book at home, uh, try and do something different. Like if you don't know Spanish, if you don't know French, if you don't know sign language, learn the language. Like read it. Like I said, read a book. Do something. Do something out of the ordinary. This is actually I'm gonna. It's gonna be kind of a two-parter elephant in the room this week because what I was gonna say for this week was to. I might have said it before. And that's why probably why I wasn't gonna do it. But put yourself in uncomfortable positions. Like do things that you haven't done. If it's within reason, especially if you can do it at home. Do things that you haven't done. Get out of your comfort zone. Like. That's some great advice I heard yesterday, too. Like, get out of your comfort zone because you're not getting nothing different out of your comfort zone. If you're staying in your comfort zone, you're going to get what you're used to. You're going to get what you're comfortable with. You're going to get the same old, same old. Get out of your comfort zone. You're going to start getting some different results. And you might think that they're negative. You might think that they're not positive results, but this is an uncomfortable situation. You're not used to being here, so you actually don't know what a positive result is. Sometimes, in, in depending, like, in certain cases. But, like, you get my point. Like... You haven't been here. You don't put yourself in uncomfortable positions. This is the first for you. You are now starting to put yourself in uncomfortable positions. So now you're starting to see different looks, different results, different things happen. That's how it go. That's how it be. Um, so, yeah, like I, it, it's really like a, a really good way of saying don't get too high and don't get too low. Don't be too hard on yourself because we are in the midst of, of a pandemic. We're in the midst of a, of a quarantine there's not much that you really can do, but don't make an excuse forever. Don't make that be the reason why you didn't do this, you didn't do that. Like, we have been sitting inside for months, and we are still sitting inside for months. We're still on quarantine. We're still not necessarily locked down. You can go outside, but you're still not, you, you, you're still not supposed to be doing everything that you're doing. So get out of your comfort zone. Do things a little differently. Like, don't be, af- don't be so afraid of life. Like, life is scary no matter what. Life is scary when you're just sitting at home all day. Because at one time you decide, oh, I'm about to just go to Burger King real quick. You get into a car crash and die. Like, that's life, bro. Like, don't sit there and sit there and try and be in a comfortable zone. Don't sit there and try and make things just right for you at that time. Because, A, people continue to grow. Like, what's right for you? What was right for you a year ago might not be right for you anymore. Because you changed. You keep changing. You evolve. You're a human being. You literally keep evolving. So, not everything that's good for you a month ago, a week ago, a day ago. Not everything that was good for you however long ago is good for you now because you keep evolving, you keep changing. So don't get too high. Don't get too low. Don't Let's not make excuses. 
but don't sit there just don't don't just sit there on your butt because then you're gonna be mad in a, a couple more months when the world really opens up or when we are just living with coronavirus you're gonna be mad that you weren't at home hitting them sit-ups hitting them push-ups you wasn't at home learning spanish like to all my people who's in school now y'all are in school now that that is your thing to focus on try and focus on that but also try and do things outside of school to feed your spirit because school can be so demoralizing especially now with it all being online and stuff like that school can be so demoralizing and like really just like feel like a dark cloud over your head so please try and maintain as many things as you love maintain as many things that feed your spirit maintain as many things that make you feel happy truly happy not just like a oh i just need to not feel tonight i just need to just be on whatever tonight now nah, like like seriously things that like seriously feed your spirit and make you feel happy make you feel like yourself make you feel like a contributing human in society or just make you feel happy like whatever makes you happy like make sure that you're doing that as much as possible in this school year because online classes are going to be really really difficult um and yeah that's my elephant of the room that is episode 13 Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks a million once again for listening. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, like everything, like on everything on the Instagram. Make sure you follow and you like as much as you can. Um, Try and share it as much as you can, please. Post it wherever you can. The Twitter page, same thing. Like, comment, share um, as much as you can. The pages themselves, the the podcast page, the Spotify page, the everything. I, I appreciate the support. I appreciate everything I've done for me so far. But let we we thirteen episodes in now. Let's ramp it up a little bit. Let's let's keep our foots on the on on the um on the gas pedal together. All love. I love you guys. I, I love you guys so much. I appreciate all the support. Um, yeah, episode thirteen, lucky number thirteen. Let's see where we go from here. <laughs> Be blessed, y'all. Dame out.